Today's edition of the Derek Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut, and well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast of the 29th of March, 2022. Welcome to, to boy, you know, you think you go, uh, hey, I hope nothing happens at the Oscars, so I don't really want to talk about it. And then, yeah, good Lord, you want to make God laugh, make a plan. Welcome to the program. <laughs> lots to talk about, we'll cover lots of ground, but first let me tell you about the... The Curse Program, which will probably be covering this thing. So we have the raw audio that we'll be able to play on that show at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast every Saturday and all. Good Lord. I just can't get over. Will Smith. Will Smith. And he, he played Ali and he, he smacks instead of punches. What the hell? Anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. Please sign up, support the program. You don't even, if you don't like the cursing there, you don't have to listen to the show, but you can enter the contests. You can win either a Matt Walsh signed book or a uh, Adam Carolla signed book. Your call, your choice. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. Also, don't forget about. Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. It's a tea that will change your life, clean you out, keep you regular, allow your body to absorb more of the nutrition from the food that you consume. really is amazing stuff. It does help keep you regular. Use it directed. Don't chug it because you'll regret it. GetTheTea.com. Promo code Derek, D-E-R-E-K, and click apply at checkout for free, fast shipping. All right. Let's do this. We have to start with, I don't want, you know, I said uh, I made the mistake of saying, I hope the Oscars uh, is as boring as it should be. So I don't have to talk about it. So we don't have to talk about it. So it doesn't. And no, nope, 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 nope. All because of a slap. Slap. Who slaps? What kind of grown man slaps? Can we just say that? I, I, I just I don't know a grown man who slaps. Punch. Yes. And what's funny is Will Smith played Muhammad Ali. He played Muhammad Ali in a movie. You'd think that some of that, uh, you know, jab, jab, right, cross sort of stuff would have stuck. He theoretically did training to learn to box so he could at least look like he knew what he was doing. And he'd go up there and you smack Chris Rock. You smack Chris Rock because of a joke. Because of a joke he made about your wife. And your wife deserves to have jokes made about her, quite frankly. Everybody deserves to have jokes made about them. Nobody is special. Sorry to mention that to you. But you would think, you know, the devout Scientologist would have all of his thetans under control. But he did not. He walked right up on stage and smacked Chris Rock. It's weird. He gets mad about a joke about his wife. He doesn't get mad about his wife sleeping with other guys. That's just... 
Seems to me as though somebody's priorities might be a little bit out of whack. Oh, what are you saying, Derek? What's going on? Yeah, the, uh, the Smith family there, Will and Jada Pinkett, allegedly have an, well, not allegedly, they've talked about it. They have an open marriage. So that means it's fair game. <laughs> they can do whatever the hell they want. And like, okay, if that's what you want, go ahead. I, I'm not interested in it, but I, I just don't think that you can, I, I'm not going to respect you for it. <laughs> I'm just not going to respect you for it. Uh, you Not that you need my respect or you sit there and you're frozen going, oh my God, this Derek Hunter guy doesn't respect me. But I, I'm not going to sit there and go, well, your marriage is sacred to you. You just look at it a little differently. No, this isn't a little differently. This is the concept being torpedoed. Yeah, BuzzFeed had the story. It was everywhere back in September of last year. Uh, but, but they write everything in giant, bold text. It's weird how BuzzFeed acts as though they're... They, they cater to, like, 12-year-olds. They write, like, for 12-year-olds. And then their font is for 80-year-olds. So Will Smith has opened up about his and Jada Pinkett Smith's tumultuous marriage ahead of the release of his upcoming self-titled memoir this November. The two, uh, the Hollywood couple, who were married in 1997 and share two children, Jaden and Willow, made headlines last July after they addressed rumors of infidelity during their marriage on Jada's candid talk show, Red Table Talk. Now she, it's funny because you know, how dare you can't make fun that my wife is bald. She's got alopecia. When she talks openly, they both talk openly about sleeping around and uh, all sorts of other things that most normal human beings wouldn't talk about on her little podcast thing sitting around this cheap looks like cheap probably cost a fortune red table and you're just like okay if these are your priorities you can tell hollywood is way way out of touch so now in an interview with gq as their latest cover star the 53 year old actor has addressed last year's discussion and offered further insight into the period of non-monogamy and his and Jada's marriage. Non-monogamy. That's a good way to put it. You cheated. In the surprisingly candid exchange, Will confirmed the interviewer that both he and Jada have, with mutual agreement, engaged in sexual relationships outside of their marriage. Hmm. The author noted that those who watched the Red Table Talk might have believed that Jada was the only one engaging in other sexual relationships before adding that Will had delicately explained that this was not the case. While Will didn't elaborate on his sexual experience outside of the marriage, he did admit that he'd felt guilt over considering infidelity in the early phase of their relationship due to his Christian upbringing. <laughs> he got over that pretty quick. He detailed his experience of speaking to uh, an intimacy coach who helped him process his thoughts about having a harem of girlfriends, including uh, fellow A-listers Misty Copeland and Halle Berry, despite being married. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> this is, you want to talk about how different these people are. You hire somebody... And guess what they're going to tell They're going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. You're thinking about sleeping around. You're feeling guilty about having had sex with Halle Berry, right? <laughs> you feel guilty about having slept with Halle Berry. 
And so you pay somebody a few thousand dollars, they come into your house, and they help you justify it to yourself. What is that conversation like? Well, let's uh, let's take a look at a few pictures of Halle Berry. All right, there. Well, there you go. Feeling better about it? Yeah, you'll totally. All right, well, and that's about all it would take. But yeah, you pay somebody to come in and tell you exactly what you want to hear under the guise of them helping you, under the guise of them being a coach for you. And guess what they're going to say? Guess what they're going to say? Why, it's just like the scientists, in air quotes, who want to study climate change or get a grant to study climate change. Guess what they're going to find? What do you think they're going to find out there? They're going to find climate change. If they do find, uh, hey, this climate change thing isn't real, or hey, this thing isn't bad, it's actually pretty good and it's natural, where do you think that study's going to go? It's going to go right into the circular file, followed by some Zippo fluid and a lighter, because that would mean the end of their career and they would never get another government grant as long as they so live. If a intimacy coach comes into your life and you're trying to figure out a way to sleep with or justify your guilt. I I assume at that point uh, he'd already slept with Halle Berry. So I'd imagine at that point he's coming in just saying, all right, I need somebody to justify it for me. And if the life coach goes, there's nothing. There is nothing anybody can do. It is wrong. It is not cool. It is. And I bet you're not you're not going to hire him for very long. I'm looking up. I'm like, who the hell is Misty Copeland? Misty Copeland's good looking too. She's a ballerina. Boy, Will Smith just basically slept with anybody. Congratulations to him, and congratulations to Jada Pinkett Smith on their loving marriage and their two wonderful children, who are, by all accounts, really insufferable kids. But that's beside the point. Um, so under all of this. Under this banner, where these people are openly sleeping around with whoever you want, whatever they got, um, Chris Rock tells a joke last night. Jada Smith is sitting there with a... She looks like she had a buzz cut. She looks like she shaved her head. I don't know. She claims to have alopecia. I don't know that alopecia is always everywhere, but she still had some hair. She had some fuzz on her head, so I'm not really sure... That if it was alopecia, I don't know how it works. I also don't care. These are spoiled, pampered, rich people who are pretty gross. And if somebody wants to make a mild joke at their expense, especially somebody who is allegedly a longtime friend, then so be it. So be it. But that uh, it didn't go over well. I want to play you the because uh, the audio I was watching it last night. And the audio cuts out for a very, very long time. We have what was said, bleeped out, from other countries. But here in the U.S., they ditched it all. Because Will Smith went on a, a, well, he didn't really go on a swearing tirade. He said one word, the word probably anybody producing live television wants to hear the least. And he said it twice rather loudly, so they had to kill the microphones. But here's the joke that led up to that until the audio goes... um, out here in the U.S. You know who's got the hardest job tonight? Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win! (laughs) (laughs) He is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord! Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? (laughs) 
That was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith. All right. There you go. It stops there. And it goes dead for about 30 seconds. And I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm going, what the hell? Like, you can, you can do some bad lip reading. And... <sighs> It's so sad that everybody kind of says the same thing when they're either really mad or faking being mad. Keep the whatever blah blah out your mouth. Keep whatever my name, her name, their name, this name, that name, the other name, the brand name out of your mouth. Just shut up. Nobody can tell anybody what to say. But Will Smith goes back to his uh, seat. And this is, well, here is the uncensored version. This is from the Australian version. So it's somebody filming it in Australia on their phone. So the audio is a little bit weird, but it's, you can, it's fine enough. And I bleeped out the swearing. Oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Get my name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> well, I could go, okay. And there's a lot of people out there speculating today, Did uh, was this staged? Was this staged? I don't think it was staged because Chris Rock was too thrown. I think if it was staged and going to be staged, Chris Rock would have insisted that it be funny on top of anything else, and that he have a good comeback after that. He clearly didn't for the rest of his little bit there. He was flustered trying to introduce the best documentary. He was he's flustered, confused, a lot of starts, and he just said, kind of, let's just, let's just see the nominees. He, he didn't, he, he was not with it. He'd completely thrown. Now, what's amazing what didn't happen was not a single person went up there and like, I don't know, said to Will Smith, dude, you got to go. Dude, you got to go. You got to get the hell. You're under arrest or you're uh, the academy. says you're, you're not, no longer welcome here. Please leave. He sat there right in front. He sat there right in front, letting anybody know that if anybody had uh, made another joke about his side piece with the ring, they, they, weren't, they don't wear rings, but uh, his side piece there, with his last name, that he was ready to march back up there and smack him again. He was ready to do that. Because why? I don't know. I don't know. you. If you don't care that your wife is sleeping around and a joke about her buzz cut or her baldness or whatever the hell it is, especially when you know men for, what, centuries have been enduring bald jokes, I thought we were all equal, man. And who's to say, does Jada Pinkett Smith even identify as a woman? Did we know? Did we test her then? What is a woman? But it turns out that the, uh, the Smiths and Chris Rock have a bit of a history, a little bit of a history. Back in uh, 2016, when, before the Oscars got all woke, this was people were protesting because Oscar's so white. Oh, there are too many white nominees. It's weird. Nobody said there are too many black nominees. No, whenever nobody will ever say that. But if there's too many white nominees, that's a problem. 
It has to be racism. It couldn't possibly be that other people were simply better than, say, Will Smith and concussion. Well, Jada Pinkett Smith is kind of, well, she fancies herself an activist when she's not out sleeping around. And so does Will when he's not out sleeping around. And so Chris Rock was on the show in 2016, and Jada Pinkett Smith, who she used to be in movies, then she was on a TV show. And I, I, don't, I don't know if she does anything. You really want to make a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, just read her IMDb page. There's, there's the joke. Uh, but he was making fun of her, a TV actress, boycotting the Oscars back in 2016. So there's probably some festering anger over this one, too. But what happened this year? What happened? People went mad, you know? Spike got mad, and Sharpton got mad, and Jada went mad, and Will went mad, everybody went mad, you know? It's quite like Jada got mad. Jada says she's not coming, protesting. I'm like, is she on a TV show? Jada's gonna boycott the Oscars. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. <laughs> I wasn't invited. It's not an invitation I would turn down. Uh, but I understand, I, you know, I'm not hating. I understand you're mad. Jada's mad, her man, Will, was not nominated for concussion. I get it, I get it. Tell the truth, I get it. I get it. You get mad, she said it's, it's not fair that Will was this good and didn't get nominated. Yeah, you're right. It's also not fair that Will was paid 20 million for Wild Wild West, okay? <laughs> okay. Things, you know, but, you know, this year the Oscars, things are going to be a little different. But <laughs> there you go. So you can see why there might have been some bad blood there for a while already festering. Still, it doesn't excuse a guy going up on stage and smacking him. And uh, the Los Angeles Police Department, at first they said they were unaware of the situation, proving yet again that not even, even in Los Angeles nobody's watching the Oscars. But then they were made aware of it. And then Chris Rock said he doesn't want to press charges, so there'd be no charges in the case. But I don't think, I, don't, I think a, a prosecutors, police, whatever, if they have unequivocal evidence that a crime occurred, they don't need the participation of the victims to prosecute it. I don't think they shouldn't. But Will Smith then went on to win Best Actor because why? Because that's just the way the world works. So I'm looking at, well, before we get to this acceptance, which I'm, I keep scrolling down on this BuzzFeed story. There was a story about BuzzFeed the other day that investors are trying to get them to get rid of the newsroom. And I think most people would go, BuzzFeed has a newsroom? And you'd be right to question that. But this story, this quoting Will Smith about his, his uh, what the hell kind of coach was it? His uh, intimacy coach. Intimacy coach. This is, we are so out of problems as a society, honest to God. What do, you, what do you do for a living? I'm an intimacy coach. What is an intimacy coach? Well, I'm hired by uh, wealthy liberals in Hollywood to go and tell them it's okay to sleep around. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. That they're, they're only sleeping around with uh, beautiful men and women because uh, because their parents didn't love them the right way or love them too much or whatever it was. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's why 
That's why uh, they sleep with models. That explains it. It's not that uh, they're models and the models are willing because they're famous people. It's that uh, they had some parenting issues. Well, thanks for clarifying that. So stupid. Pay me. I'll be your I'll be your intimacy coach. Drop me a few bucks. And I'll just say, yeah, no, she, she's hot. What do you want me to say? She's hot. Yeah, good. This is Will Smith talking about his coach. What the uh, coach was doing was essentially cleaning out my mind, letting me know it was okay to be me and be who I was. God, this is, this is, this is what you, these are your problems when you have too much money and people are throwing themselves at you. It was okay to think Hallie, meaning Halle Berry, it was okay to think that Hallie is fine. It doesn't make me a bad person that I'm married and I think Hallie is beautiful. <laughs> Whereas in my mind, in my Christian upbringing, even my thoughts were sins. Mm, mm. It's not a sin to think that somebody else is beautiful. It's a sin to go, yeah, I'll nail you. Let's go to bed when you've married someone else. But this is the problem. These are the problems. It really was the process that the coach worked me through to let me realize that my thoughts were not sins and even acting on impure thoughts didn't make me a piece of excrement. Well, now, I'd put the second part in a separate category than the first part, Will. All right, yeah, no, your coach said thinking that, uh, thinking that a beautiful woman is a beautiful woman is normal. Okay, yeah, no, she is. There you go problem solved or addressed or whatever but uh the the even acting on it that's the part where <laughs> that's the part where we part ways no 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 my your honor in divorce court your honor yes i slept with just about everything with a pulse but let me bring in my intimacy coach to explain how that is not infidelity it's just me being me God. Will then detailed how, uh, unlike that of his religiocentric upbringing, is that a word? Jada had been raised in a more unconventional environment. Quote, Jada never believed in conventional marriage. Then you don't marry her, okay? If somebody goes, yeah, you know what? I'm not ever going to be faithful. I don't believe in conventional marriage. I believe in, if it feels good, do it. I believe in sleeping around with anybody you want all the time, every time. Probably not super good marriage material if you want a marriage that, that works. If you want a marriage that's normal. Uh, Jada had family members that had an unconventional relationship. She grew up in a way that was very different than how I grew up. Yeah, if, if her family's just kind of screwing around, you probably want to run away from somebody like that, especially if they embrace it. If they reject it, then you're fine. Use the example of Ray Dawn Chong never having smoked marijuana because her dad, Tommy Chong, was, you know, one of the famous, most famous pot smokers of all time. And uh, she saw firsthand how big of a loser it made him. Quote, there were significant endless discussions about what is relationship perfection, he said. What is the perfect way to interact as a couple? And for a large part of our relationship, monogamy was what we chose, not thinking of monogamy as the only relational perfection. We have given each other trust and freedom with the belief that everybody has to find their own way. And marriage for us 
can't be a prison. Well, Will, if you're thinking of marriage as a prison, might I suggest that things aren't going so well? There are other ways to deal with this. (laughs) But I'm just saying. And I don't suggest that our road for I don't suggest our road for anybody. But the experiences that the freedoms that we've given one another and the unconditional support to me is the highest definition of love. The highest definition of love. The support we give. Hey, honey, uh, I'm going to need the marital bed tonight. My girlfriend's coming over. Oh, of course I will. Uh, you want me to set the swing up over in the corner? Yeah, but well, it's the highest. That you couldn't love me anymore if you tried. Unless you want to stick around and try, right? I mean, we can give it a shot. You, she's she's open. These people, yeah, they're very different. <laughs> very different. <sighs> so he gets up after winning Best Actor for... Uh, have you ever seen an Oscar? You probably didn't watch the Oscar ceremony. I, I would be willing to bet. But the names of the movies... Many of them I read when the nominees were announced. And I haven't thought of them or heard of them since. And so last night when they're going through this one is nominated for this. It's just like, oh, my God, what is that movie? I had it was like buying yourself a Christmas present and then forgetting about it and then opening it up on Christmas Day going, oh, my God, I forgot about that. Except I don't remember any of these things. These movies just look awful. I don't, the year of the dog or the the dog of the, something with a dog. I still, I don't know what it is. It has an impressive looking cast, I suppose. Benedict Cumberbatch is always good and everything. But whatever it is about the dog, I'm not interested in the dog. Doesn't also, doesn't seem to be about a dog. Spoiler alert. It doesn't seem to be about it. From the clips that I saw, it doesn't seem to feature a dog very much. Coda, I, I could have watched... It's on Apple Plus. I have Apple Plus. I haven't watched it. I have no interest in watching it. The only one that I kind of want to see that I, I guess it wasn't even nominated for Best Picture was the Denzel movie about uh, the tragedy of Macbeth. I just haven't had time to sit down and watch it. And with a three-year-old and a four-year-old trying to watch Shakespeare, probably not go... I mean, they'll have their face buried in an iPad. If you want to shut them up for two hours, you can do that. But it's not not ideal any unless they'll do it in the room so it's like you're watching shakespeare while also listening to spongebob or whatever the hell they watch uh anyway will smith wins for uh king richard another movie that i could have seen have hbo go or whatever max but i haven't watched it because i just don't care i I know the story of the williams sisters they were essentially created their father had them so that he could create tennis superstars. It worked out for them. Good for them. I'm glad they're happy, or at least I hope they're happy. They seem happy. But their father seems like a pretty big jackass. I'm not interested in uh, father jackass pushes kids, and then it all pays off in the end, so everybody likes each other because they're rich kind of stories. Plus, I just, the subject in the story doesn't, and I'm not into tennis, so I don't care. Anyway, he wins. And he goes up there and he's crying. And he's very upset. Is he upset with himself? Is he upset with Chris Rock? Is he upset that his, uh, he's probably been getting text messages from his wife's boyfriends going, well, you smacked him. Why didn't you punch him? So he's dealing with that sort of emotional baggage. He's also probably sitting there thinking, 
uh, as I leave here, I'm not going to be able to go to the Oscar parties and meet my girlfriends uh, because there's a possibility I'll at least be arrested and then booked and then released. I'll get to the parties pretty late. This uh, was really stupid over a dumb joke that wasn't even funny because who the hell thinks about G.I. Jane, a bad Demi Moore movie from, I guess it had to be the 90s that that movie was out. So he apologizes to the Academy. He apologizes to those fellow nominees. He decidedly doesn't apologize to Chris Rock, the dude he pimp slapped. Um, I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees. Um, This is a beautiful moment, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crying for winning a, an award. It's not, it's not about winning an award for me. It's about being able to shine light on all of the people, Tim and, and Trevor and Zach and Sanaya and Demi and Ingenue and the entire cast and crew of King Richard and Venus and Serena, the, the entire Williams family. Um, art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, just like they said. <laughs> I look like crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Um, yeah, this is a crazy father. Now, yeah, you, you smacked a dude. Uh, you should apologize probably to him. What's funny is he's on video actually laughing at the joke. Jada is not happy about the joke. Jada is not. You can see that on the video. She's not happy about the joke, but Will Smith chuckled at it. She must have whispered something into his ear, something into his ear to have him go up there. Can you imagine? I apologize to my fellow nominees. I want to apologize to the gaffer. I want to make sure that the director of this god-awful thing is in there. I want to tell you about uh, all the uh, the hosts that were awful. We'll get to them in a second because they were awful. I want to talk to, about the hosts that were awful and apologize to them, just not the guy I smacked across the face. Why? Because being Will Smith means never having to say you're sorry. Hours later... At the Vanity Fair after party, it's as if COVID never happened. He was dancing to his song, Getting Jiggy With It. And so, weirdly, in the video, somebody posted a video of him dancing to it and, and rapping along with it. In the video, you don't see his wife. You don't see Jada there. Maybe she'd already met up with her, with her boyfriend. Maybe she went to a different party. Like, look, I wanna go, I'm going to go someplace else. I don't want to be around you anyway. We did our thing. We've done our supportive. This is a marriage kind of scam. And so we will uh, go our separate ways. But the UK Daily Mail does report, Will Smith appeared to be in excellent spirits as he cheered and danced the night away at the Vanity Fair Oscar party amid claims that he had a public reconciliation with Chris Rock after slapping him on stage. So he claims that he's made up with Chris Rock for smacking him. I'm not sure I believe him, but then I'm not sure he gives a damn. He just won an Oscar. It's Harvey Weinstein all over again. You get I mean, these people saw this. It happened right in front of everybody. 
and they're celebrating. They give him a standing ovation. These are the people who said, oh, if we, oh, if we only knew what Harvey Weinstein was up to. They knew exactly what Harvey Weinstein was up to. They cheered Harvey Weinstein for 20 years from that stage. Every mention of Harvey Weinstein, I'd say about 80% of the women participating in that ceremony had been sexually harassed or assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. And what? They said, oh, Harvey Weinstein, he could get me a job. Oh, yeah, Harvey, let's, let's clap, 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 clap. They see it right in front of them. But if it benefits them in any way, shape, or form, they don't give a damn. And if they sit there and they watch Will Smith and they go, ooh, he's an Oscar winner. If he likes my project, it will get made. So I'll applaud for the guy who just went up on stage and smacked somebody because he made a bad joke about his wife. Yeah, these people are disgusting. Have I mentioned that? I think I mentioned that before. If not, I meant to. Of course, Will Smith smacking, smacking Chris Rock was not the only thing at the Oscars that was obnoxious or worthless or whatever. The first, the first award of the night was for well, the first. God, the thing went on for three and a half hours. I don't know if it was the first award of the night, but it was the first. There are like six awards, maybe seven awards anybody gives a damn about. The rest of it doesn't doesn't matter. No offense. They were mad that, oh, my God, they've taken the the sound editing and they've taken the uh, costuming and they've taken the... uh, what you, the makeup and all that, and they made them separate categories, and they they're not broadcasting them. They're only they did actually broadcast them. They did it. You could see how they thought it was going to be, you know, faster. They said uh, the nominees for this, and they they didn't have anybody intro it. They just went through and quickly did, it, and then they immediately cut to the acceptance speech of whoever won. It seemed to speed up the process, but then everything else just dragged it down. Three and a half hours of garbage. And the first award that anybody cared about was, uh, well, traditionally, I don't think anybody cared this year because nobody knew who most of the nominees were, Were uh, was for Best Supporting Actress. And the person who won was Ariane DuBose. I think it's Ariane or Ariana. I don't know how you pronounce her name. I don't care. DuBose. She won for West Side Story. And she's up there giving her acceptance speech. And she, uh, well, let's listen to a clip of it, shall we? Lastly, imagine this little girl in the backseat of a white Ford Focus. Look into her eyes. You see a queer, openly queer woman of color, an Afro-Latina, who found her strength in life through art. And that's what I believe we're here to celebrate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, so to anybody who has ever questioned your identity, ever, 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 or find your, you find yourself living in the gray spaces, I promise you this, there is indeed a place for us. Thank you to the Academy, and thank you all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Afro-Latina. Are you not an American? I'm an Afro-Latina. I'm this, I'm the queer, I'm this. Okay, so what? Then why did you get a, you won an Oscar for playing a straight role? In West Side Story, as far as I know, there are no gay roles in there. Uh, If Scarlett Johansson can't play a trans man or a trans woman or whatever the hell it was supposed to be in that movie that got canceled because she's not trans, then why should a gay actor be able to play a straight role? 
I get it. It's acting. That's the job. But if it doesn't go over one way, why should it go over the other way? It shouldn't go over the other way at all. It shouldn't be allowed. But she's up there. When, oh, if you feel this, if you those people living in the shadows and all that, blah, 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 blah. Are you not paying attention to what's being nominated? Are you not paying attention to what goes on on television and movies? It's almost outside the mainstream, at least in liberal cultures, to be straight. If you are looking externally for validation for who you are, you're a loser. And things are not going to go well for you in life. And I mean that in the nicest possible way in the hopes of waking you the hell up. Stop seeking external validation for your existence. You're never going to find it. You have to find it within yourself, period, end of story. Go up there, oh, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm the other thing. Hey, you're boring is what you are. You're boring is what you are, period, end of story. Like I said, you, you uh, Will Smith is now an Oscar winner. Right now, he's the hottest commodity in Hollywood because they're not going to go for... Uh, Jane Campion, who directed whatever the dog... I think she directed the dog movie. She directed whatever. She won Best Director. I don't know which movie she directed. But congratulations to her. It's wildly meaningful. <laughs> Tells you how little the whole thing mattered to me. I, how little I paid attention because I would not seen any of these things and hadn't heard over most. But she won. Nobody's sucking up to Jane Campion because nobody saw her movie. I don't know if she's... I've heard her name... She's kind of famous, so whatever she's done, she could probably get some more work. But nobody thinks, well, that's the biggest director in Hollywood, especially while Steven Spielberg is sitting there. They all suck up to Spielberg in a heartbeat. But Will Smith, if he says, you know what, I read this script and I want to make it, whatever it is, whatever it is, it will get made. Money will be thrown at it today. So everybody sucks up to Will Smith. You can't be too critical of Will Smith for hitting a guy because he will definitely not like your piece. His publicist will make a list, check it twice, like a reverse Santa Claus, and make sure that nothing you want to touch. Not only that he won't be involved in your project, but Will Smith can get your project killed right now. He's that powerful in Hollywood. So instead, you get attacks on Chris. You get people sucking up to him. Just like in the past when there were passing allegations towards Harvey Weinstein. And I go, oh, Harvey, people misunderstood. Harvey's just Harvey, blah, 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 blah. Harvey violated that ficus plant. Hey, what are you going to do? That's Harvey being Harvey. What can you do? Nothing can be done about that. It's just how the world works. And you're sitting there and you're going, what in the hell is going on? Well, <clears throat> Same thing with Will. They just kind of excuse it. So they go after Chris Rock, and that ends up with this piece in the UK Daily Mail. Chris Rock's most controversial jokes, colon. As the comedian is slapped by Will Smith at the Oscars for poking fun at wife Jada's alopecia, he did not. He did not make fun of her alopecia. The Mail Online takes a look at the star's most shocking remarks from Asian discrimination to Whitey or to Whitney Houston drug digs. Yeah, they go back when they want to destroy you. They go back in the past. And that's what they did to Chris Rock here. Now, I don't think I think Chris Rock's past the point of giving a damn, just like Dave Chappelle's past the point of giving a damn. It says like most of the comedians who are funny are past the point of giving a damn. But 
if Chris Rock wants to make a Chris Rock movie, it's going to be a little tough. Now, luckily for Chris Rock, he's friends with Adam Sandler, who puts him in a lot of his movies, and I'm sure through his production company would happily produce a Chris Rock movie, unlike the people who want to suck up to Will Smith. But it's interesting that it's the guy who got smacked is immediately, well, let's take a look at his other controversial things. Maybe that smack was justified, not necessarily in that particular moment, but in the grand scheme of things, he definitely deserved to be smacked. That's how Hollywood works. That's how Harvey Weinstein was able to get away with it for so long. Look, these ladies, they complain about Harvey taking them to dinner and asking them if they want to sleep with him. But you know what? Harvey, he does take care of his women. So, I mean, what are they really complaining about? He, she didn't sleep with him, but she did get in that movie. So I don't know what the problem is. Every, he won Oscars. What do you want me to say? It is an amoral industry. It's not just, you know, capitalism is amoral. Capitalism should be amoral. It shouldn't, but uh, the individuals in it can be moral. This industry can be moral. It is not. And the people in it most definitely are not. And you watch all of this unfold and you just go, well, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. Why are you going after Chris Rock? You go after Chris Rock because you want to suck up to Will Smith. The UK, if you get a sit-down interview, if you get the first interview or the first like direct quote, exclusive quote from Will Smith on him smacking uh, Chris Rock, you know how many clicks that's good for? It'd be huge. It'd be a lot, lot, lot of money. So that's how this industry works. That's how it happens. Will he face anything? Nah, who knows? What's also funny and pathetic, you know the song Africa? I've heard some rains down in Africa. They had a DJ. I don't know why. Everything is like run for 13-year-old girls now. It's not by 13-year-old girls, obviously, but it's run for 13-year-old girls. And so if you've ever been around a young girl or in a, if you go to a sports bar at a time when it's not like the Super Bowl or something like that, you have, what do you have? You have constant loud music that appeals to nobody in there. And you have to shout over it. You can watch the game on there, but you won't get any sound. Why? Because the latest Rihanna or the latest Beyonce or the latest Taylor Swift is blasting loudly or BTS or whatever the hell they are, blasting loudly through there. If they're in a mall, you you hear like, oh, that must be the uh, the Applebee's down that wing because I can hear the god-awful music blasting. It appeals to none of the paying customers, but for some reason they seem to cater to 13-year-old girls. So the Oscars had DJs instead of just, you know, the orchestra. I guess it's cheaper to hire a DJ to somebody to spin a record. You just got to pay the uh, ASCAP fees and that's it. You don't have to pay uh, Marvin Hamlish to sit there and flail his arms around like a wacky, wavy, inflatable arm guy uh, during the Oscars, and you don't have to pay a percussion section. And all. You just play or pay a DJ, and then you he plays the music. Well, as two presenters were come out, Daniel Kalua and her, 
It's H E R. I don't. I think she's a musician. She. Uh, I don't know. Not my cup of meat. But she comes. She's wearing something really just hideously ugly too. As they come out, because the DJ's playing music to play everybody on. It's like everything has to have a soundtrack. Now you can't go to a baseball game without each player's having their individual. Here's my walking up to home plate music. It's so pathetic as a society what what we've become stimulate us constantly makes me think we really are in the matrix we generate a lot our stupidity would generate a lot of electricity i would think anyway so as uh, daniel kalua who starred in uh, get out and then he won an oscar for best supporting actor last year for jesus and the black messiah or something like i don't know what the hell it was i didn't i didn't watch it I'm not interested in the movie, so I don't know what he, what he won last year. Congratulations to him. So he comes out and presents Best Supporting Actress, and for some reason he comes out with her. H period, E period, R period, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Not, not her pronouns. It stands for something I don't care enough to look up. But the music that was playing as they were walking, I guess I should say as a relevant point that both Daniel and her are black. So as they're walking out, the DJ plays Toto's Africa. Now, he doesn't play the, I was raised down in Africa. I don't, I don't know the melody. I don't know the lyrics. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Down in Africa. He's not playing that. It's the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Everybody knows that part. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Because it's just music as they're walking out. Well... Hollywood reporter is on the spot. Why? Because everybody has to be offended. For an award ceremony, trying to be as diverse and socially conscious as possible, you'd think somebody would have taken a closer look at the music choices being played to introduce presenters at the 2022 Oscars. The 94th Annual Academy Awards production team played Toto's Africa as British actor Daniel Kaluuya and singer Her both of whom won Oscars in the previous year, took the stage early Sunday night to present Best Supporting Actress. Some are pointing out that the 1982 song was rather a rather poor choice to introduce two black presenters. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the proper politically correct term is what? African-American. But if you mention Africa, no, you're, you're a Klansman. And then they go through... And they list tweets from people you've never, ever heard of and will never hear of again. They're not even blue checkmark brigade, brigade people. There's Brian Murray. Do you know who Murray Kane 1014? Do you know who he is? No, nope. no, you don't. Moises Chiluan, no idea. Zandra, Andy, nope, you don't have any idea who the, they're all white, by the way, or at least they appear white in their photographs. And they're all whining and complaining about why are they playing the song Africa as people of color come out there. This is an outrage. This is obviously racism. <clears throat> well, the DJ is DJ Nice for at least the first hour, that's when this occurred. DJ Nice is also a black man. DJ Nice made the musical selection. <laughs> oops. Oops, oops, oops. Well, wait, now, does that make DJ Nice a racist? No, it makes our media worthless. Why? 
because they reported on this. The Hollywood Reporter. It's no small thing. This is big in the industry. The Hollywood Reporter. They wrote up this story full of a whole bunch of tweets from people you never heard of. Let's just pick on one of them. Let's just click on, uh, let's see. I don't know who this person is. Maybe they have a big social media following. Su- nope, 5,500 followers. Su Yoon. I don't know who Su Yoon is. I don't care who Su Yoon is, but congratulations. She is now, you know, I, I imagine her follower account went up quite a bit because of this. Now let's see what this Andy do now. Andy, Andy has 57 followers. Andy has 57 followers. But big enough story to make the Hollywood Reporter quote him. Quote him, hey man, he's what about good old Brian Murray? Murray Kane, 1014. He has 592 followers. You want to know how our culture turned into the rot that it is that what some worthless, unknown jackass who has nothing better to do, probably didn't even bother putting on pants that day. What they tweet is somehow news. That's why our culture is in rot. You want to talk about cancel culture? It's because the Hollywood reporter decides without thinking that maybe it's just a song or maybe two black people wouldn't mind. Maybe they like, maybe they, maybe they're fans of Toto. Maybe they like that song was wildly popular, still probably is. Maybe they cleared it with them. It doesn't matter. The story had to be written. Why? Because people with 57 followers on social media said, this is an outrage. How dare you do this? This is clearly racist. It's so freaking stupid. Academy later played Madonna's La Isla Bonita for Stephanie Beatrice. The country, how do we live as a society? Perhaps we should. How about all of you people out there who are offended by this stuff go to hell? I think that these accounts and accounts like these, by and large, the outrage, they're either people mocking it or they are Chinese communists and Russian bots paid. They look at the way that the left is in this country and the rot that they bring to everything they touch and go, you know what? Let's let's help it. Let's spur that along. Let's make this happen. Find stupid things to get upset about on Twitter because they know that reporters, quote unquote reporters, who are their fellow travelers or useful idiots or whoever you want to look at it, will see that and go, oh, all right. Some guy named James Hibbard wrote this up for The Hollywood Reporter. There are more attendees at an average high school basketball game than followers of these people tweeted in these or quoted in these tweets. But it's a story. Why? Because why not? Because it is. Don't you understand that this one got five likes? My God, five likes. So let's go out and claim racism. Don't bother talking to the people actually involved. There's a press room. All of these presenters, while they're collecting their $100,000 gift bags, are also walking by the press. You could actually ask Daniel, hey, were you offended by that or did you pick the song? Nope. That's a little bit too much like work. You could also look and say, hey, the DJ's black. He's probably not a secret Klansman. But nope. That's too much like work. You've got a narrative and it must be fed. Pathetic. I know a lot of people out there are sitting there going, well, why are you talking about the Oscars? Who cares about the Oscars? Who cares about this and the other thing? And Well, it matters. 
it matters. Why does it matter? Take a look at what's going on in our government right now. Take a look at the fights we're having, the battles we're having, the fact that down in Florida they have to pass a law saying leave kindergarten through third graders alone. Don't talk to them about sexual orientation. Don't talk about gay, straight, trans, nothing. Teach them to read, write, and do math, all right? Let them be kids. Why? Because the left is out there trying to indoctrinate them. They want to have drag queen story time for kindergartners. And that drag queen story time, you got to talk about what's a drag queen and what does it mean to identify? And oh, you should all question your gender. Everybody should question their gender. That's just normal. It's perfectly normal when it's by very definition. If you just look at the numbers, just by the straight definition, uh, not that the definition is straight, but just by the very definition, at least for now, until they change it. It is the very definition of abnormal, right? There's normal and there's abnormal. Look them up. Those two words have meanings. And by definition, uh, the trans mentality is abnormal. It doesn't, it's not a passing of value judgment, but it's abnormal. And they want to normalize it. They want to make as many people, look, just come on, just, you know, you're questioning. Remember that one day when instead of picking up the Barbie, you picked up the G.I. Joe? Remember when you were playing with He-Man instead of uh, Skipper? You are probably unconsciously talking about how you are feeling uncomfortable within your own skin. Let's explore that. Let's talk about it. Well, how can anybody feel comfortable in there? Nobody in puberty feels comfortable in their own skin. Nobody pre-puberty probably even thinks about it. But adults who, when they're young, kids are taught, especially in positions of authority and trust, like teacher, like priest. It's weird how the left goes, oh, priests are evil. The teachers have the same kind of authority. They're in a position where their parents and society tells them, trust these people. Trust these people. These people, when they tell you about the War of 1812, or they're telling you the truth. They're not going to, they tell you the truth. It used to be true. It's not true anymore. Now they simply go after anybody and everybody to try and indoctrinate them however they can. Later on, when you can understand the BS fear-mongering that is climate change, they'll, they'll indoctrinate you with that. But when they're young, when the concepts of gender are being you know ingrained in them because they're just natural and part of human upbringing, that's when they have to get to them. If you don't get to some, you'd be hard pressed. All these leftists out there, these adult leftists who are going, you know, Katanji Brown Jackson, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, uh, well, Maisie Hirono might be dumb enough to not know it. But all these other people, they know, they know what a woman is. They know what a man is. They know this is garbage. You're not going to convince a fully realized adult human being. That suddenly we go, oh, I don't know what a woman is. It could be anything. Look at the giant penis on that woman over there is not something that people will often say if they are intelligent. But if they have a political agenda, they will. If they have a political agenda, they will. You're not going to convince somebody who's an adult to your side, but this is about the fight for the future. They're working the long con. Democrats always work the long con. So what do you end up with? 
you end up with them going after kids because you can convince a kid that gender is fluid. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you couldn't ever in a million years explain what somebody else feels physically or emotionally ever under any circumstances. You'll never have a clue what somebody else is feeling. You can empathize with them. You can get a close approximation, but you'll never know what something smells like to somebody, what somebody tastes like to somebody, the hurt that they feel. Everybody deals with things differently, or so you think. You don't know. You can just best guess it. But if you can convince a kid that, well, gender could mean any number of things, and, oh, you're exhibiting uh, characteristics that might be of another gender, so let's explore that. You can talk a kid into anything. I don't recommend it, but I guarantee you, if you got your hands on a five-year-old and you were evil enough, you could convince that kid to climb to the top of a garage in the course of, I don't know, a day, two. Convince them that they can fly. You, just, you don't even have to put them to the top of the garage and get them to jump off. You could probably convince the kids, say, look, you run really fast, you run really, and you jump in the grass, you jump, and you, you put your arms out, and if you really want it, you'll fly. You could probably get that kid to smash their face into the grass. It'd be hilarious. It'd also be evil. And that's what these people are doing. And that's what the left, by the way, is upset about. We'll have one last Oscar clip just because from the opening monologue here. They had three hosts, Amy Schumer, uh, Wanda Sykes, and somebody else. I can't remember. It's weird. I can't remember the other woman, Regina, something or other. She was actually the, the closest thing to a funny person that they had. And they couldn't help themselves. The reason people aren't watching the Oscars is because they're sick to death of left-wing politics beating them about the head and neck about every single thing. The reason all, to get ahead in Hollywood, you have to play this woke game. So instead of trying to, I don't know, maintain an audience, achieve and maintain an audience, at the beginning they got this thing that passed for, they tried to pass off as a joke. About the Florida parental rights and education bill, the one that the left says, oh, it's called don't say gay. Don't say the only people who say it's the don't say gay bill are people who are too stupid to understand what the bill actually does, what the law actually does. Well, of course, they're going to be in Hollywood. They're going to be all three of them. You're batting a thousand when it comes to you have three Oscar hosts. You think one of them would be smart? No, no, you'd be wrong. Because even if they are smart enough to know that they're lying, they understand that in order to perpetuate their careers, they have to continue to lie because nobody there, nobody there has the underpant content to stand up to the woke mob. So instead you get them saying, oh, this is a don't say gay bill. Here's a joke. Let's say gay. People in Florida will hate that. Yeah, there's no gays in Florida. I don't know if you know that. There are no gays in Florida. We're going to have a great night uh, tonight, and for you people in Florida, we're going to have a gay night. Gay, 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 gay. Oh, they really showed Florida, didn't they? They went on and on and on. They really showed Florida. <laughs> gay, 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 gay. Meanwhile, I'd say about 80% of the idiots applauding like barking seals sitting there with the, the you know, balancing a ball in there. Oh, <laughs> gay, gay, gay. 
I bet you that they have their main residences in, in Florida. Why? No income tax. There's no income tax. The same reason all these people go, oh, my God. There's a Georgia's just awful. These Republicans, they're awful. They're terrible. They're transphobic. All right, well, we're going off to Atlanta to film a movie set in Los Angeles. Why are you going to Atlanta to film a movie to set in Los Angeles? Well, because we weren't able to book the studio in Vancouver to that looks the most like Los Angeles. What do you phone to Vancouver for? Well, we're tax tax credits. But you got to vote for Democrats because we got to raise taxes. They're raging hypocrites and they're dumb people. They're dumb people on top of everything else. They're very dumb people. But they're, they control the popular culture. And if you don't think the popular culture matters, you can be angry at you want all you want. But if you don't think the popular culture matters, think about why we're having the fights we're having. You get the fringe of a fringe of a fringe and they're controlling the narrative. That's what we're trying to beat back right now. That's what we are beating back right now, but we're only being able to beat it back because people pay attention to the pop culture. We don't embrace it. You pay attention to it. It tells you what's coming down the pipe. Think of it as the, the garbage can in the Houston Astros dugout. When some breaking balls coming and somebody's banging that garbage can a couple years ago and they won the World Series, that's what watching and paying attention to pop culture is because it will come down the pipe. It will impact your life if you aren't prepared for it that's why it matters so you can say who cares about these idiots at the oscars you don't have to care about them but you should be aware of it because they're aware of you they're coming for you they're coming for your freedoms they're coming for your whether you sit there and you go i don't i don't have cable i don't watch television i don't go to the movies okay well they're coming for you Okay, you don't have to go to the movies. You don't have. I'm not saying that, but you should be aware of what's going on in the popular culture. If you go back ten years, five years, what is it? Every third character was gay, and then suddenly every fourth character was trans. You could have seen this stuff coming. It's not by accident. And now there are teachers who would rather be fired than not talk to a kindergartner about how they might be trans. How do you get people that dedicated? You convince them that it's the most important thing in the world. And you do that through the popular culture. You do that through left-wing politics. You infect that way. So like I say, you don't have to be aware of popular culture, but it's aware of you. It's definitely aware of you. By the way, there is other news besides the slap heard around the world. There's uh, the president of the United States being an idiot. Around the, country, around the planet, we'll get to that. There's new polling data out of NBC News, which does not bode well for Joe Biden. And, uh, you know, they, they would skewer it as best they possibly could. It's a new low in the approval rating over there for Joe Biden. 40% approve, 55% disapprove. That's down three points from January. Down three points in the NBC News poll. Not... Good, because you know they skew it the best they can. As far as his uh, popularity on particular issues and his handling of COVID, he does best with 51, only 51%. And his best, his best. Now, that's up seven points from January, but 51% of his pr uh, handling of COVID, which is, I think, not a reflection on anything that Joe Biden has done. I think it's a reflection on the fact that the uh, rest of the country— has sort of moved on 
has lifted mask mandates and things like that. Joe Biden still wears his mask. I just don't think people are paying attention. And he would love nothing more than to force everybody else to wear their masks. But he can't. So I guess he gets a proxy bounce by other governors making decisions. On the economy, though, since January, he's lost eight points with the NBC News audience. Only 33% of those surveyed approve, while 63% disapprove. That's up three points. It's down eight on the negative side, up three on the negative, on the the, uh, disapprove side. Things are not going well for Joe Biden. And you would think, and there was a lot of speculation. Oh, this Ukraine thing, the State of the Union address and then going right into Ukraine, rally around the flag. Joe Biden is out there, give a stirring speech. The people will rally to his side. Ultimately, it's just true. The American people don't care really about what's going on overseas unless it impacts them directly. They care about their pocketbooks first and foremost. Not that we don't care about what's going on over in Ukraine. So we care about what's impacting us directly the most. And directly the most is inflation and Joe Biden's horrible handling of the economy, not how cool he can make himself think he looks against Ukraine. This NBC News poll is not boding well for for Joe Biden. Confidence in Biden responding to the war between Russia and Ukraine. A great deal of confidence, 12%. Quite a bit of confidence, 16%. Just some confidence, 27%. Now, that's what's amazing is you can tell this is an NBC News poll because they've got three choices that will pretty much guarantee them that they get a majority or like have some level of because then they can go, well, a, a majority of Americans have some level of confidence in the president's handling of this situation. But yeah, <laughs> to go from a great deal to uh, quite a bit to just some versus very little, very little. So then they can go and, and they'll report it this way. I promise you this will be Talk to the extent that this is talked about because they won't really want to talk about it. They'll say 55% of Americans have some level of confidence in the White House, whereas 44% have none. Okay, that's not really what the numbers say or how the numbers say it, but okay. Okay. Now, the uh, who is to blame for rising inflation? This is where the Democratic Party has spent the vast majority of its time focused. And it's not working. It's working out better than it should be. It's working out better than the truth. But uh, they got uh, Biden and his policies at 38 percent is where people blame. That's got the most of plurality. Next is the covid pandemic. Twenty eight percent. Ten point difference. And then, you know, because those are there are people who are just economically ignorant and don't understand printing trillions of dollars and spending all sorts of money. Then you've got corporations increasing prices, 23%. Again, Democrats, dumb people who go, oh, those greedy, Elizabeth Warren says, greedy corporations. And they all go, oh, then it must be greedy corporations because Elizabeth Warren wouldn't lie. She was a squaw of the year in her tribe. There's no way she would lie. And then the Russian invasion of Ukraine, only 6% because people remember that gas prices were going up and were up, way up, long before that 
happened. How long they'll be able to in the face of repeated lies remains unknown. But the president, let's go to uh, the president of the United States giving a speech in Poland. This is the latest cleanup on aisle five for Joe Biden. By all accounts, I didn't watch it because I don't care what Joe Biden has to say. But the reaction from people I do have some respect for was that it was a good speech. Not a great speech, it was a good speech. Joe Biden doesn't really have a great speech left in him. He needs too much, uh, too much consecutive, too many minutes of consecutive lucidity to deliver a great speech, and he just, it's just not in there. But at the end of what was, you know, a good, a pointless speech. He's just going, no, we will stand here and we will, we're not doing anything. We're not going to war for Ukraine and and we shouldn't. But it was one of those rally around the flag attempts for him. At the end, he talks about Vladimir Putin and how he's got to go. He is not essentially, he is literally advocating for regime change, calling for regime change in Russia. It wasn't in the script. Listen to the end of his speech. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase the people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down the will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. For free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. For God's sakes, this man cannot remain in power. That part was not in the script, not in the teleprompter. Now, what was hilarious is right after it was delivered, a lot of people said, holy cow, Joe Biden's now advocating the official U.S. policy in Ukraine is reg- in Russia is regime change. Vladimir Putin's got to go. Vladimir Putin's got to go to jail, go to hell, go wherever. He's just got to go. And the typical leftist morons out there were praising this. Oh, can you believe it? What a powerful, stirring speech. What a wonderful moment. What of this? What of that? What of the other thing? Bill Crystal's out there comparing it to... Uh, Ronald Reagan at the Brandenburg Gate saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Oh, it was that kind of a moment. See, the difference is when Ronald Reagan said that, now there's a whole backstory about how the State Department, the career bureaucrats, see, when the president gives a speech, the speech is written, and all the various departments that are impacted have input on it. If it's a speech about the economy, the Treasury Department has some input. They do back-checking, they do this, they do. They help with the verbiage, whatever. When it's dealing with international relations, you have the State Department, that uh, the professional class there, the so-called experts, they look at it and they say, well, eh, this wasn't in uh, 1812, it was in 1815. They, they kind of are the fact-checkers, and then they say, well, this isn't uh, government policy, We'd recommend you leave this out. This could cause controversy, blah, blah, blah. When the Reagan speech got there, the Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall right at the Berlin Wall was in there. And the State Department pro said, no, this is too controversial. Can't have that in there. You can't you can't call not not there. You can call for the 
the Berlin Wall coming down in uh, in Boise, but not in Berlin. No, 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 especially not right at the gate. So they kept removing it. And at the president's insistence, it kept being put back in there. Ultimately, the State Department officials won when it came to the script. It was not in the official script that the president had. But the president of the United States wanted this to be the policy. He was, after all, the president of the United States. And so what happened was he said it. Mr. Gorbachev, come down to this window. Come down to this gate. Open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The State Department officials soiled themselves. The Berlin crowd went crazy. History was changed. The wall came down uh, shortly thereafter, a couple years later. But it was opened before that. And uh, it was huge. Never once did anybody in the administration go, well, he didn't really mean that. He didn't really mean that. Look, it was an off-the-cuff moment. Somehow somebody leaned on the teleprompter and accidentally typed those words into it. Sorry, it's not really. Never once. With Joe Biden's, for God's sakes, this man must be out of power. He can't remain in power. They have been walking that back ever since. Listen to the United States representative to NATO, Julianne Smith, say, no, 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 Joe Biden wasn't speaking as president. He was just speaking as a senile old man. That's not going to change our policies. Well, look, the president had spent the day visiting with Ukrainian refugees. He went to the National Stadium in Warsaw and literally met with hundreds of Ukrainians. He heard their his heroic stories as they were fleeing Ukraine in the wake of Russia's brutal war in Ukraine. In the moment, I think that was a principled human reaction to the stories that he had heard that day. But no, as you've heard from Secretary Blinken and others, the U.S. does not have a policy of regime change in Russia. Full stop. No, no, you heard. Look, the president's an idiot. And he was emotional because he met with some people who went through some stuff. Don't worry about that. Pay no attention to that. He was just speaking off the cuff. He's not really. Don't worry, Secretary Blinken made clear that we're not going down that road. Whatever the president says, whatever, don't just disregard it. What's the point of being president of the United States? You can't have somebody senile like this president of the United States because that's not how it works. It's not just clean up on aisle Biden, though, constantly. And it's not, you know, normally, normally when you've got a crack-smoking, corrupt son in the family, that's the embarrassment. But uh, no, Joe Biden... Joe Biden looks at what Hunter does and maybe he goes, I need to distract. I need to be the worst Biden for Hunter's sake. <laughs> I don't think he's that good of a parent because he wouldn't have had uh, so many kids with, with drug problems if he were. But, you know, you never know. So it's not only him going out there and, and gaffing up a storm going, hey, kid, God, for God's sakes, he cannot remain in power. So much like his own administration is denouncing him. I've never heard a president have to be distanced from his own words by his administration so frequently as Joe Biden. Not just, uh, oh, he cannot remain in power. No, 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 no. That's not what he meant. That's, he meant some. He was just speaking as a dude. Really? Really? On this trip also, when he was in Poland, also in Poland, talking to the 82nd Airborne, Joe Biden said something else that needed to be walked back. 
talking about to our troops about how what's going on in Ukraine. And not just what's going on in Ukraine, but how they're soon going to see with their own eyes what's going on in Ukraine. Now, if that sounds a little bit like I'm saying U.S. troops are going to Ukraine, I could see how you would get that impression. Because if I said, when you get there with your own, if I said, you know, the, the Eiffel Tower is a sight to behold, you'll see it when you get there. You'll see it. I would assume that if you just overheard that conversation between me and some other person, you would assume the other person I'm talking to is getting ready for a trip to Paris, right? Or they have really, really low expectations and low self-esteem and they're going to Vegas. And when you see the the fake Eiffel Tower in Vegas, boy, howdy, it's going to be just like that uh, movie 2012. You're going to... In your mind's eye, you'll see John Cusack fly that little Cessna right under the... No. You would rightly assume that the person I'm speaking to is going to Paris. Joe Biden is talking to the United States troops, and if you just listened to it, you would assume that those troops will soon be going to Ukraine. And you're going to see when you're there, some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing stand in the middle of front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. You're going to see when you're there. You're going to see it with your own eyes. Is everybody going to be granted leave from the 82nd Airborne and uh, given uh, just a ticket to go to Kiev? You see the, hey, man, great, great museums in Kiev. We should go there. Could be your last chance to see him for a while. No, I don't think so. You would rightly think, what in the hell is going on here? Is there some sort of plan to send our troops to Ukraine that we have not been made aware of, despite promises to the contrary from those in the political class? Because that wouldn't, wouldn't be the first time, wouldn't be completely surprising. But no, his own White House had to say, no, there's no plans to send anybody, any troops to Ukraine. Well, then why the hell did Joe Biden say that? They don't answer that. They don't actually get asked that. The real answer is because he's senile. He's unaware of what's going on around him. He doesn't get it. Just like when he was asked about, and this is the third, the hat trick, if you will, the trifecta. When he was asked at the NATO meeting about the use of chemical weapons and what would be the the, the press just wants him to say, well, we'll bomb the hell out of Russia. We'll do something. We will. They want war. They're horrible, horrible people. The entire industry is awful. It doesn't matter what outlet they work for. They're awful. They're asking hypothetical questions. Why? So they can get them to draw a line, to try and force the hand so that if something bad happens, something worse can happen. We must go to war to protect Ukraine. What about protecting the United States? No, 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 not that. That's awful. It's evil. It's horrible. It's xenophobic. Well, Ukraine wasn't exactly utopia before. Oh, no, no, it's... You're a monster. You're a Putin stooge for suggesting that. Like, no, I don't want Ukraine invaded. I hope Ukraine wins. But I also never want to go to Ukraine because Ukraine was a pretty horrible, corrupt place to begin with. It's not going to be reformed. It's not going to be wonderful when all this is over. It's just not. Plus, they had you know, chunks of their country that they didn't have control over. Separatists control the Donbass region. 
you're not really much of a country if you don't control your somebody on uh, what was it somebody who's a um let's see ina sovusen i don't know how to pronounce it she's an attractive looking woman who's allegedly a member of the ukrainian parliament she said for anyone asking me maybe you should give up crimea and donbass in exchange for peace before asking this question, name one specific region in your country you would be willing to give up if Putin started bombing your cities. California. Problem solved. <laughs> California. But Crimea, they don't control. And Donbass was controlled by separatists, last I heard. So if you don't control it, right, they'd still be saying, you'll never take Saskatchewan from me. You don't control Saskatchewan. Doesn't matter. You're not going to take Saskatchewan from me. Anyway, Joe Biden has been making gaffes all across his little trip. This was the first one when he talked about the chemical weapons attack and what the response would be. This is a doozy. This is this is a terrifying one. And to clarify on chemical weapons, could if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would be. It would trigger a response in kind, whether or not you're asking whether NATO would cross, we'd make that decision at the time. It would trigger a response in kind. For those of you playing the home game, an in-kind response means uh, if you punch me in the nose, I'm going to punch you in the nose. If you uh, use chemical weapons, I'm going to use chemical weapons. If Vladimir Putin commits a war crime, why then we will commit a war crime right back at him. Needless to say, his staff immediately walked that back. Like, no, 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 it wasn't, that wasn't, no, that's not what he meant. Never before have I known a president three times over the course of three days on some pretty major things. Pretty, ma you know, the regime change in Russia, nothing to sniff at. The idea of sending U.S. troops to Ukraine, nothing to sniff at. And the uh, atrocity, the war crime of using chemical weapons, nothing to sniff at. Three times in three days, I've never seen an administration have to not only walk back, but renounce what a president has said. It's bizarre, except for if you view it through the lens that Joe Biden has lost his mind, that he is senile, that he is not all there. Then it all becomes crystal clear. Same way you, you look at Will Smith. I can't believe that guy would go up and smack him. Unless you realize that maybe he's, his body is full of thetans and he needs to get on that E-meter and chase them all away. Then it begins to make sense. little Scientology joke for anybody that's still listening. All right, that is all the time we have for today. Our idiot president will still be our idiot president tomorrow, sadly. And we'll cover his idiocy as we make our way through the week. I appreciate the use of your ears. Tell a friend and be back here tomorrow. Have a great one.